Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, listener, and thank you very much for joining us. My name's Gaz. I work in the, the brewing industry. I'm a, a keen home brewer. I'm an enthusiastic drinker. We'll be chatting to some brewers, directors, people who own bars and bottle shops. Anyone with interest and opinion about beer is a valid guest for the show. I'm not claiming to be an expert in any of these things. In fact, far from it. You know, I feel I haven't even begun to explore the tip of this particular iceberg. All I am is, is an enthusiast. Welcome back, dear listener, to episode three of Taplens Podcast. I do hope it's been a truly libaceous week for you. I hope you enjoyed listening to last week's episode with Matt Grecky from Zapato Brewery. This week we'll be chatting with Luke Raven from Ilkley Brewery. The the recording you'll hear tonight is the first one we did for the show back in, I think it might have been April or something like that when we first started. It's been been a rather slow process in no small part due to me being a bit of a an idle sod. Luke was very much a guinea pig in that respect because we'd never really held any interviews before. The equipment was quite new, so it all seemed to go surprisingly well that night, thankfully. Luke's a good Luke's a good guy. He's, I've known him for a couple of years now. He's one of the directors at Ilkley and one of my bosses. So we did have a, a previous relationship prior to this, which did make the whole process a little bit easier. Also in the in the room with us, there's uh, a friend of mine called Col. We've been discussing the idea of getting this podcast off the ground for a little while before this point, and Col was keen to come down and help out and and be in, be involved with the interview. So so that's what he did. So enough rambling from me. On with the show. I'll speak to you later. We'll have a beer to get us going. Buzz, it's, it's only right, Luke, if you introduce, if you introduce uh, the beer. What are we drinking now? So that's, what, drinking uh, now? what is it? By the looks of it, it's the Mary Jane. So, uh, yeah, the, the the main beer for Oakley Brewery, I suppose. You describe that as. Yeah. She gets about. This, is, this, is, is this always been a Ilkley Brewery core beer? Since it was first brewed, yeah. So I think when. I think the first beer that Ilkley brewed was called something like Olicana Gold, yeah. maybe. Um, and by all accounts, wasn't very nice. <laughs> I think everyone who made yeah. it, and uh, certainly what I've heard from people, who, from people who made it, said that, oh, do you know what? The first few beers, obviously, it was an experiment. They were 
wanted to make some beer yeah, and knew good. what they liked yeah. and wanted to cheers. you know kind of learn as they went. Cheers. But cheers. Cheers. But um, basically made this and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much from the fir- first go, it, it it really worked, and so that was then became the I think the DNA for yeah. all other beers after that really in terms of how it was brewed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is that still the case? I think so, yeah, to a, to a certain extent. You know, we've got a different brewer now, of course, um, who brings a lot more science to the table mm. and so on, but, but in the, certainly in the early, t- early days when, uh, you know, it was difficult to experiment without being, you know, it was a, it was a big thing to experiment yeah. with a new, new beer. Yeah. W- whether it was a dark beer or a light beer or, or any sort of beer, I think what worked with Mary Jane was the balance of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a low beer, but it was, it was quite hoppy, but it had quite good balance. And that was the key thing mm. that was that was always aimed for, at least. And so when I said the DNA, like, you know, it was the number of hop additions at the certain times and so on that we felt, well, the, the brewers at the time yeah. felt, felt was, was the right thing. So you could still tweak the recipe, mm-hmm. but how it was brewed was, was, was the same thing. And times have obviously changed masses... Mm. S- you know, since then, when, when you're talking here, 2008, 2009, 2009. Was, the, was, was when was found, and I think it was first kind of brewed in anger, March time. Yeah. Um, and Mary Jane won the national gold at Super yeah. in September that yeah. year. So it was quite a quick process to get to that point. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that that award really was that it wasn't obviously it was good for. You know, it's a PR thing. It was, mm. it was. It's nice to win an award, but mostly it was, it was good because it said to, to Chris and the guys who were brewing it, oh, we've done something right. Yeah. This is yeah. this is good, and it's yeah. not just us thinking it because yeah. of course we think it, but actually, you know, there's some beer judges out there who think that this is this is a stand up. You know, the the best beer of it. Well, must have been a, must have been really nice to have that type of validation so quickly into the brewing career. Yeah, I think so because you know up until that point it was a few local stockists and yeah. it was you know it was it was growing and so on. Obviously, every beer kind of does that if it works it grows on reputation mm. so it was and that of course because of the PR angle of it mm. opened other doors you know other people wanted to try it people further afield wanted to try it yeah um Seba you know as a really small young growing brewery Seba was very useful in that mm. regard um in terms of growing um yeah growing growing the brand if you mm. like um but really really then that was before there was a brand for, mm. for Oakley you know it, it was one of many Small, small um, re- regional brewers, um, and at the time it was still then. Mary Jane was the only beer that wasn't didn't have Ilkley in the name. Mm-hmm. You know, it was Ilkley yeah. Best, Ilkley Black, Ilkley yeah. Gold. Ilkley Best. Yeah. Ilkley Best. I remember having that. And that, that was that was the name. Was, I don't yeah, think I've it was, it, that. Yeah, Ilkley Pale, Ilkley Best, Ilkley Black, Ilkley mm. Gold, and then Mary Jane kind of okay. stuck out. Mm. And then from there became then Stout Mary was the yeah. kind of progression from that within that little family yeah. to be yeah. like. Um, so, so yeah, I think it was probably really the beginnings of any sort mm. of brand and quotation yeah, marks. Yeah. So before we get into, into too much depth about the brewery, what about you? So who are you to, to Oakley Brewery? What, what do you do here? Um, how long do you say we've got? <laughs> <laughs> I get, you've got 90 seconds. Yeah, 90 seconds. Spit right, it out. Right, right. <laughs> um, I'd been involved in bars for years and, 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 and uh, owned a bar company. Yeah. And set up Santa Vista. Back in 2002, which in, is where in in Sunderland and Leeds, sorry, right. in in 2002, and that had then gone on to open Smokestack, um, like a funk and soul kind, mm. of, kind of a big big venue in Leeds as well, 
Um, I was director of that company for eight years and then left to go to Australia. Mm. And that's when I got into beer, really. Yeah. And I've been in bars, mm. it was, you know, beer was just one of the products mm. and it hadn't really, the you know, craft beer, whatever you, how you want to describe it, that kind of thing hadn't really happened yeah. then, certainly. Yeah. 2009 I left. And I went to Australia and my th- main thought was I was going to write for this magazine. And thought, I know, I'll probably write about wine to start mm. off with and see how I get on from mm. there. What and arrived. What was that? Um, it was called Drink. Okay. Um, it was, I was gonna do, I'd spoken to kind of imbibe and some various mm. you know, contacts and various uh, flavour as well as it's not anymore and theme and stuff. And they all kind of said, Look, says submit us pieces and we'll see how we go from there. So I was like, okay, right, I'll go to Australia. I'll drink wine, I'll write about wine, that'll be a start. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and okay, yeah, see what happens. Because we'd gone maybe to move there, maybe not, just mm. to kind of see what the crack was really. And literally, the first night we arrived, there was a brewery bar, we went into a brewery bar. And yeah. Well, this is pretty cool, and it would differ from how I'd remembered Australia mm. when I'd been there previously. My wife grew up there, and she was a kid then. But but you know, we had this very different idea of Australian beer of being Tinnies and Fosters mm. and Forex and maybe VB as yeah. a bit of a bit of an out there kind of beer. And all of a sudden, we went into this brew, you know, really cool brew pub that had all these really hoppy beers, yeah. which was for me even not something I was mm. you know I was still drinking Timmy Taylor's or yeah. or, or, or yeah. maybe. An imported lager, yeah. but that was, you know, that was kind of me. That was adventurous it got. And so I thought, okay, and then, yeah, there was a magazine on the, there was a beer magazine on the bar, and it had a map. I opened it up and it had a map of Australia with all the craft breweries on. There was hundreds of them, mm. and it really shot me. So I thought, okay, well, there's a subject. <coughs> was it really sort of big then? It was. It was. It was lots of really little ones, but it was just this. Yeah, this map. I've still got the magazine. I think the magazine might mm. be here actually, but it was just, yeah, I couldn't believe it. So and we had no at the time we had no real plan. We had a flight in and a flight out mm. a year later, and a vague plan to see various people in some various different cities. Yeah. But there's no other real plan. So we kind of went, all oh, right, well, that'd be quite a nice way to spend some time. Let's yeah. travel between the you know buy a camper and travel between the breweries. It sounded like quite a pleasant thing to do. And then the more we did it, the more Australian brewers, perhaps because they're Australian, perhaps because they're brewers, were like. Come on in, come on, mm. have a beer. Do you want to come brew with us? You, they were just so yeah. friendly and out there, which I think I've found is more representative yeah. of the community yeah. anyway. But with that extra kind of Australian hospitality kind of thing, and yeah, after like ten breweries doing that, I was like, right, well, I haven't written anything. I've just been really it's enjoying it. You know, I'd written loads of other things. That yeah. but I was like, just should we just work, get a job at a brewery? Mm. Um, and we didn't straight away, but we ended up going to New Zealand and. I went to Beer Varna, which is their big beer yeah. conference there, and ended up meeting Stu from Eastie Boys and the guys from, from Epic and Nichols, who's at Thornbridge mm. and stuff, and hearing all these people get really excited about what was yeah. kind of starting then. But I didn't realise it was yeah. just going to start then. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, it was fascinating. So when we went back to Australia, when we got married, I went, um, we went, ended up back on the West Coast in, um, in Fremantle, and there was, yeah, a little, the same brew house we'd went to first. Where, um, we're hiring and oh, so you got so, your so working so got, brewery out there. Yeah, and so we got a job, and they said Katie as well. Yeah, Katie as well, and it was just a job in the. It was like a bar and restaurant and, and brewery, and they were like, "Oh, if you come on, we're just we just started like a brew course. Yeah, so you'd have to learn how to make beer. You know, is that all right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, not a problem. And to be honest, first I was a bit. Oh, when I started that course. He got out like a diagram of molecular. You know, mm. started drawing the, the chemistry behind it. I was like, oh. I'm, you know, I was never a scientific yeah. person at all. Turned me right off. But so when he started saying, "What that, year is this?" Then? That was 2010. Right. Okay. And just ended 2010. And 
yeah, we got married in November, so yeah, it was 2010. But he started as soon as he started talking about the sugars turning into this, and yeah, it was a very basic level, but it was applied science. As soon as it, mm. I just went, yeah. oh, it just twigged away. I was like, I get that. Oh my god, I just mm. know some science, and it was just that made me really excited to because part of there was you like the standards were so high. You know, he was so. Folk, the brewer was so focused on because they were serving it within yards of the, mm-hmm. you could look, you know, within two yards of where it being brewed. He was so focused on no waste. You know, he was like, I didn't make this beer to be spilled on the floor. I didn't make this beer to, for you to touch the top of the glass. And he was so focused on it. it was, and it was great having been in hospitality like yeah. all my working life to see this extra standard of being applied to beer, which mm-hmm. for me was always mm-hmm. just something that was poured yeah. in a pint glass and, yeah. and thrown down people's necks in the UK. It just and it just wasn't like that there at all. Um, and that was it. Was just great. It was a real eye opener. And then, yeah, kind of get, getting more involved. And the um, assistant brewer there was a guy called Ren, who moved over just as we were leaving to come back here. Kind of, yeah, told me he was like, "Oh, don't tell, don't tell the brewer yet." But I've just got off a job at a place called Camden Brewery. Oh wow! And and, and yeah. I had never heard of Camden Brewery at the time. Yeah. We hadn't yeah. been back in the UK, and he just he said he went and worked there for a couple of years. And at his leaving do, in fact, in his garden, you know, he had like a big barbecue and stuff. And uh, I was sat on a keg of Brewdog, and it was the first. I was like, "Oh, what we're we drinking here?" And he was like, "Oh, it's a beer from Ab- like from Scotland, from Aberdeen." I was like, "What?" Never had yeah. a Brewdog up to that point, and drank it in someone's garden. Yeah. Sorry, really I took you off, off track. Then what? So, so, how did you end up going, transitioning from Australia to being to being? Uh, it, well, was it Ilkley Brewery that you came to when you it's, came back? Yeah, around about. I, we came back, and my main aim was not to go back into bars, mm. kind of no matter what. And as a result of the no matter what, I ended up signing on. And I thought, yeah. I kind of came back, I've got transferable skills, yeah. I'll get a job. And it was 2011, recession and all the rest of it. Couldn't, couldn't get work and was too stubborn to go back and do anything with Sandinista. And uh, I wanted to obviously get in, you know, into, yeah. into brewing. And, and the more I looked into it, the more it looked like I'd go and have to, st- I'd go have to study a Harry yeah. Watt or something like that. Yeah. I was prepared to do that, but didn't really want to because we'd come back to start a family. Mm. And, Going to Scotland and studying wasn't really part mm. of that. And actually, I wrote a letter to um, Simon Thigston. Just wrote him a letter mm. saying, you know, you've got a brewery. I'm really interested in the industry and my wife and I. And uh, and, um, and he wrote back to me and asked me to come out to the brewery. Just He said, you know, there's no jobs here, but come and chat to me if you mm. want. And I spent a really nice afternoon with him and I got shown around the brewery mm. and stuff. And he just said afterwards, he's like, oh, you know, Oh, I think you should give my mate a call. You'd be great. Your husband and wife team running a pub, and it turned out he was talking about Ian Fozard and Markdown Taverns. Right. Was who yeah. he was talking about. Yeah. But I never really made the connection until much later when I was working here. That I was like, I think I must have met him somewhere. I was like, Ian Fozard. Well, I heard that name before, and it was because of that. But, but it was really it, it reaffirmed to me that I definitely did want to. When he started talking about beer and on the brewery tour, yeah. I was like, Yeah, I, I did, this is. I am interested in this. And we went to a, about a week later. Went to meet the brewer, Mr. Foley's. You know, saw an mm-hmm. advert, you know, saw a chalkboard or something for it. And it was Oakley Brewery, and Stuart Ross and, and Chris Ives were, were doing the talk, and um, just was a bit bullshit basically. At the end of it, went and introduced ourselves, my wife and I, and um, said, you know, said, can we come out and come out to see the brewery mm-hmm. and sp- help out? We'll you know, yeah. dig out the mash and all this sort of stuff. And they went, yeah, free labour, brilliant. Yeah. Come out and didn't really expect me to then to pull their ears for the for that brew day, yeah. and I basically there was. What there would have been, the two of them and Richard and Johnny, and Julie, the office manager, might, might have been yeah, Warner would have been there, but it was really really small team. Small operation. And I just by the end of the day, I was thought, oh, these guys are going to grow, 
they've got a really they're making good beers and they're really nice they're going to grow so that means they will need to employ so I said oh you need to give me a job and they said no, we don't have a job so maybe you will do at some point so that needs to be me how, how does that happen and they were, were kind of didn't really know what to say and so I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll come back in a week or so and I'll give you a proposal for what I can do. Because I felt that they weren't doing anything modern, yeah. really. Um, so they weren't going to Leeds, they weren't going yeah. into city centres at all. It was just rural pubs. <coughs> that's, what it, that's what they and were so, mainly focused on. Yeah, and I thought, well, I've got... Real old I, I, felt, I felt confident that I knew lots yeah. of people in bars and, and the owners of bars and all the rest of it. I would have enough contacts to sell beer into those bars. Um but part of that, in the back of my mind, was was really about well, that needs to be some of that's going to need to be keg because there are lots of bars mm-hmm. that some ministers and the like that I wouldn't necessarily put cask beer in. It would need to be it need to be a different type of beer. So it was you who wrote the so, uh, so yeah, it's my fault. The kegs, right? Yeah, um, I've got the death threats to, to prove it. <laughs> um, so so yeah, so I put the proposal to do that. Right. I was working up at the Cowan Carfoot um, at the time, part time. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Were you living in Ilkley then? No, I was living in I was living in. Uh, uh, we were living in Leeds still. We had a house, we owned a house in Leeds, which we were doing up to rent out. But we were looking around here, and about the same week that it all happened, in about two weeks, we kind of came out to Ilkley Brewery, and that became yeah. a possibility. Found a little cottage up on Low Snowed, up on the moor, um, and the day after we moved in, got pregnant. So it all kind of oh. fell into place quite quickly. Fast work. Um, but I, 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 I said to them that I'd uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's it. It's exactly that. Um, that's what I'm blaming. I'm, I'm quite happy with that. But so it, it was basically within. I worked on a commission basis, so I said, right. you know, whatever I sell, I'll do that, and that turned into a job uh, after a few weeks. So were they kind of just working on their core range then when you were there, just when you yeah so approached I, them. So when I yeah, so they were doing. I think they'd done. You know, they did the occasion. I think they'd done quite a few. Looking back through the stuff, there were a few kind of little one-offs, and they'd done one called Darwin's Tipple. Because oh, yeah, Charles no, Darwin's no. been to Ilkley. Yeah. Right. What was that? that? Do you remember what that beer was? <coughs> I think it was a ruby. Some, yeah, right. I don't know if it was a mile, yeah. but it was a you know it's yeah, a traditional beer. Yeah, I vaguely remember that one actually. Yeah. They've done Capello's Glory uh, for the mm. 2010 World Cup, <laughs> right? Um, which I think swiftly <laughs> became a bit of a bad idea. And yeah. After uh, you know, after one, after what, after yeah, after a couple of games or whatever. So. So yeah, they've been doing kind of bits and pieces, and they had a few seasonals that they'd started to develop. You know, like yeah. um, I think. Um, so yeah, what did they have then? They had like Mary Jane Pale, Lotus. Lotus was there by then. Yeah, Lotus was there. Then? Lotus was there then because that was on. In fact, at Cow and Calf when I was working up there. Oh, okay. So, and it was always I, it was my go-to beer, except that I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I had to not drive to work. And my wife didn't drive at the time, so it was always a bit of a pain because I really liked it but couldn't really drink it. Um, yeah, I was very beer. pleased they bottled it shortly after I came, and I was I was one of the first, after the first batch that got bottled, and I was and, you know, I was made sure I had the first case of that because I was yeah. just like, oh, this is I can drink it at home now. <laughs> I was, I was, and because I lived up in the middle of nowhere as well, I always had to drive home. I, could, I didn't live near a pub or anything like that, so yeah, I was, I was dead chef when they started bottling. Really for action when you got home. So you've. You've wormed your way in. I did. I'm You're now on sales. In. There's obviously a void between there and now. What, what, so how long were you in that sales role? Well, all in, about four, and four, yeah. four, four, four yeah. years. So, you know, there wasn't anyone doing any sort of marketing or anything like that. Yeah. So I kind of realised that... I know they didn't have any um, social media presence or anything like that. Yeah. They had 300. They had a Twitter account with a couple hundred yeah. to 300 followers yeah. on it. 
Um, and so I kind of identified that because I was working on commission and wanted to drive the sales and the thing for me, my, my interest has always been business development, yeah. setting up businesses and running businesses and so on, so it's about developing stuff. So the thing for me was that I knew that it would benefit the business and ultimately therefore mm-hmm. me as well to market the beers mm. better. Um, so it wasn't ever part of my specific remit really. Um, but it, it's also always interested me. I didn't know the bloody thing about mm. Twitter before. No. Before I started, but I made sure. But also before I did it, I went and read loads of blogs about successful Twitter, you know, yeah. twittering, if you like, and you know, got laughed at a lot by. Yeah. You know, this is 2011 when I got laughed at a lot by <laughs> something. But I thought, okay, well, it's. <coughs> I straight away I thought I don't like Twitter because I'm used to using Facebook and yeah. it's completely different from a business point of view. But I just kind of read into it a bit and went, okay, actually, I could see it for this then. Then great, okay, we can do it. But there weren't just that many people doing it, I suppose. Then, um, so it was almost the fun part of the mm. job, really. Yeah. Were you responsible for the rebrand then? Yeah. So there, w- <coughs> there was. I kind of once we started growing sales because we grew sales very quickly in that first, in my first kind of year or so, and started selling into Manchester and into other, and down into London and so on like that, and it became apparent to me as much as I really liked it and it was very identifiable the Cow and Calf Rocks mm-hmm. was great locally people were proud of it yeah, rightly yeah. so and all that sort of thing but people in Manchester were just you know I was going yeah. over to Manchester and talking to bars over there and they were like why does your pumpkin yeah. look like Mickey Mouse peering over the top of a thing <laughs> why does it why has it got this problem why is, what is that and I'd say oh it's the Cow and Calf Rocks and get a black look they went through a couple of phases then they had the original one just kind of square with the Cow and Calf Rocks yeah and kind of went for the round so I was I was quite keen for to completely rebrand right. stuff to to try and move it in, but unsurprisingly, so you know it was a business that had been relatively you know it had grown really well and had done that without any sort of. There wasn't any, it didn't seem like there was any need. And, and yeah. also, yeah. and also, you know, there's an element of that anybody telling you know if, if you've created something and done something, whoever you are, if someone says mm. I think you should completely change it, yeah. you're going to push against that to a certain yeah, extent, suppose, yeah. and and I think that's right too right as well. Um, and and so it just became a bit of a softly, softly, you know. So we kind of did it by increment to see how it goes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've kept quite a lot of the different pump clips the over the historic pump clips, and, it, no, and it's quite nice to be able to see the kind of progression, you know, of 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 so on. I mean, actually, more to mind. Actually, I was actually initially, I kind of wanted to, you know, wholesale changes kind of thing, and just around the time we started the rebrand, two thousand and twelve. What we did was we launched the Origins range as with Melissa Cole and Pete Brown, and that gave us an opportunity to brew something different, right. more interesting, yeah. and rebrand it. Something. And but we, what we said was we'll do it with a different shape pump clip, with different, you know, not just the two tone cream with a mm-hmm. colour yeah. band, yeah. and that extra design stuff will give us the opportunity. And if that works, that's something we can then maybe roll out. And ultimately, it did. Yeah, well, that's you just tried it. It really worked. But I was actually wasn't as keen on the kind of cream and with a with a colour banner just because I felt it was still quite traditional. And then we got approached by Jamie Oliver's T V programme. He did like Great British Food Fight mm. with was it Jamie and Yeah, Gordon Ramsey and, and No, it was and Jim, Jimmy the you know his farmer mate and 
and uh, they basically like did sausages or cheese or different things and they wasn't it Gordon Ramsay and, and, and the curly haired guy the long haired guy no it was, it was <laughs> <laughs> you know oh, no, that's, the fish, that's, the fish, that's the fish fight I think that I think that's Wetting Soul they basically they took like you know cheeses and they pitted the chose selected five English cheeses yeah. and pitted them against French cheeses and then did German German mm. sausages and English sausages and that sort of stuff and so they did English beers and Belgian beers right. and so the production company asked us for some samples and they clearly asked every brewery in the country for, for <laughs> free beer basically and so there's a bit in the show when they sit at this bar and they've got these bottles of beer and they try stuff and they select five beers of different styles and stuff and we weren't selected in one of those mm-hmm. five beers mm-hmm. but we didn't know that until until Pro went live but there was a wall of booze in the background, which clearly was all of the bottles they'd been sent, and it was out of focus. Oh, and our Twitter feed went nuts because you could see ours. You could make focus. out no, all really. of the other bottles were just yeah. dark labels with loads of yeah, detail yeah, yeah. and the, the colour. Yeah. And I, I watched it and I was like, oh, shit. It's really that's really effective. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah. Got to keep it. Got to keep it. And, but it was, you know, I'm pleased about yeah. that that, yeah. that that I hadn't seen that, but actually it is. It's really. Recognisable from yeah. something, so okay. that had to stay basically, and that's that's something we could. I mean, it is. Out. I mean, this it, it does stand out, and it's kind of somewhere between traditional and modern, isn't it? Really, which ultimately, I think, I think we want to, and I think does kind of represent the brewery. I think as yeah. a obviously, I've got, you know, got our best interest, but as a drinker, I think that mm-hmm. that's what Ilkley does. It's not unique in that other breweries make good beer and and, and beer and, and do this as well, but I think Ilkley Brewery is good at being making good traditional beers but also yeah. making good more innovative yeah. beers and that's what he always wants to do rather than going I think a lot of breweries have gone we've got to be one thing yeah, yeah and we'll yeah, just yeah. focus on that and that's I always think it's a real shame when there are breweries that have done that have done both who who stop I, mean, I understand the commercial reasons for it but yeah I'm always a bit gutted when you're just like oh yeah we've yeah. stopped doing cast beer now and, yeah you know you just think oh that's you know that's a real shame if you can't Get hold of that because they're yeah it suits different things, um, yeah different beer styles and so on suit it suit, suit it so much more and different moods that's sort of mm. the thing for me as a drinker yeah is that you know I'm sort of in the mood for yeah. for one beer or another yeah. beer and that doesn't mean yeah. I don't like that so, beer yeah. it's just a different mood and yeah. um, here are plenty of times when well the last thing I want is a is a seven percent keg IPA yeah. there are lots of times when I do want that and lots yeah. of times when I just want yeah. dark just mild want, <laughs> want <that> <laughs> yeah Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, so what is the future of your club brewery? What's happening? What's happening now? Where are you going? And, you know, what's on the cards? What, what's, what can we expect as drinkers? We, we've just launched new bit, a new range. Just some old, some new. Right. Um, new core range. New core range. And part of that is just to kind of say, actually, the business has grown unrecognisably since we were talking mm. about it yeah. at first. Mm. And I think a lot of breweries and businesses are like grow quite organically and they kind of get to where they get to because of demand on you know, supply and demand and it's reacting to constant people want some beer, so I'll make some beer, and people want some more beer, so I'll make some more beer. Rather than and, and they turn, you know, they turn around two years later and go, "All oh, right, I'm actually quite successful at this. I've made loads of beer. I've grown, but I've got a brewery name now. I've got an identity. I haven't. I, I should probably start thinking about a spreadsheet and costing things out. And <laughs> you know, and they kind of get to that point. And we'd like to make sure that that actually we're really, really you know, thought about that, that we've already thought about that. And we're brewing beers we want to brew. Yeah. And brewing beers that yeah. we think was, you know, Joshua Jones is a great example. Mm. Um, it's a good beer. It's a really good beer. Goodbye, it, old friend. It's, it, well, you know, it replaced Ilkley Best. That, that's what we came it, in as a bitter to replace Ilkley Best. It did, it? and it doubled, it doubled um, uh, sales yeah. almost straight away. Yeah. Then Ilkley Best, you know, like for like. It's a bit lower ABV. It had a story. It was a less traditional name. Yeah. It was a little bit more hop forward. Straight away, just doubled sales. Um, and that was fine, and it's, it's good. But as we've grown, it's not grown yeah. at the same rate. And we kind of thought when we were going through all the work in the range, well, actually, in the in Yorkshire, in the bitter category, you've got some leading lights at one end, your Tetleys and your Timmy Taylors and stuff. Publishing. They're not giving up their position on bars. No, 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 no. no publican's going to say, no. well, I'm going to put Joshua Jumlin instead of Timmy Taylors. No, no. And, and you don't. And Even though you're going to get a better margin out of... Uh, Joshua Jane than you are at Tommy Taylor's the prices yeah. they charge on but it's got that brand it's it's mm-hmm. got its place and at the other end unfortunately maybe it's not just in, in Yorkshire maybe it is everywhere but I certainly feel like it's very strong in Yorkshire there is a massive glut of as a drinker bad bitter mm. that's mm. really really cheap that's sold cheap and whether it's sold cheap because the business isn't running itself very well as a business or it's sold cheap because the ingredients are lower quality or for lots of various reasons the beer is sold cheap of course but you're kind of in a market you know we're in a marketplace where, we're, yeah. where we're saying well hang on a minute there's beer being sold at what did we find out today somebody was selling yes. beer at £25 a firkin <laughs> and you've got Timmy <laughs> Taylor selling it at £100 yeah. a firkin and we're yeah. at £75 yeah. a firkin mm-hmm. we're making good beer we don't want to we, and we won't give, you know, give it, just, it away it's not a place for, it's, for you in the market really is it and you know there's lots of lots of breweries have gone bust lots of breweries have had problems and we don't see the model the previous owners didn't either and the, us as new investors don't see the model in giving away beer for volume because mm. You're not going to be, you know, if you're not making any profit, you're not going to really be able to reinvest it, and you're not going to be here next year. There's no point in giving it to the customer this year and not being around next year. We want to work with customers to 
take the beer at a reasonable price, they mark it up for a reasonable price, the drinkers drink it, you know, as much as they complain about the price, it's ultimately a reasonable price. You know, beer's gone up yeah. less than most commodities that, that you know, that we, that, we, that we eat and drink and so on. So, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's tough. And we just thought, you know what, for the volume that we're doing of the Yorkshire Bitter, it's, it's not really the beer that really excites us from a brewing point of view. And we also felt at the time, it, perhaps as a victim of its ABV, but we had, you know, four or five mm-hmm. beers under 4%. Yeah. And that was our core range, and then a big leap up to 5.6 or whatever IPA. So we felt that it would be better to, just to balance, to just balance just to step out. it up a little bit. Um, so that we had a bit, yeah, different beers for people. Well, i black. It's another that's. It's a good beer. It's a really good beer. It's a great beer, and it's a good dark beer for summer. Mm-hmm. But it, at the moment, it doesn't really fit in with. The, 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 rest, the rest of the range really and, and, it, and it didn't have strong enough sales throughout the year it meant you were holding stock um, in, your, in your brewing and so on and so it's just and it's the same in, 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 in bottle as well it is, it's got kind of steady enough sales but we're not brewing it frequently enough really and some yeah. people really like it and some people yeah. really like Joshua and Jade yeah, but yeah. if you bring in new beers which is a, this is so difficult to, to get people to understand if you bring in new beers which people want the markets change people's People demand something fresh and something more interesting. You can't. You've not got space to brew and ferment and store all these beers. You, you need to make some space in your life. Well, Elkley you? Black's a good example as well, in fact, because you know, for every person that says, "I don't," oh, I'm really cross that you've stopped brewing this beer. If there's ten people yeah. saying, "I really," yeah. I wish yeah. I'd drink your beers if you brew yeah. this beer. Yeah. And we, you know, we had a um, we had a customer who had Elkley Black on all the time, and. When we introduced Ruby Jane as a as a replacement mild, well, it was a one off, but then it won national gold. Mm. It didn't just win regional gold; it won national gold. It's beat um, Rugate Mild, which we've always held up mm. as a Ruby, you know, Ruby, Ruby, the Ruby Mild to, to to compete against. And when we introduced that to this pub, the feedback from the public was like, "Oh no, it's it's um, it's not as good." My regulars are in uproar about it. <laughs> and I said, smashing up tables, breaking windows. You've doubled your volume. You've right. sold twice as twice yeah. as much as you sold Oakley Black. No, no, I can't be right. Well, no, it is. It's right. So, but because the five people that drank Oakley mm. Black yeah. complained about it, so, people sat on even the though bar. there was 20, t- 20 tourists coming in every night drinking something else. Yeah. You know, and so you can't please everyone all the time. No, you can't. Um, uh, and and yeah, ultimately we we wanted to go in a direction, and those beers aren't dead to us. They're good. They're good beers. You know, we can we can we can breathe them. Yeah, again. they can always come back. They can always they? come back. And sometimes, sometimes it's nice to have a bit of a break. Or yeah, something as well. I, I completely agree. As as a as a drinker, you know, I I don't want to go into my local and see the same beers there every week. I I, I need to be. Challenge, and I'm, I'm not on my own by any stretch. That, that's that's the way. That's the way people drink these days. So we'll open another beer, eh? Just for uh, for the listener, we had an Ilkley Pale. Didn't last long, that, did it? Didn't last long. We've had a we started a Mary Jane. Uh, Luke, would you like to select the uh, the next beverage? Should we go? Um, let's go Mayan first, and then we'll cleanse our palate. Let's go mayhem first and cleanse our palate. So I'm mindful. I'm mindful of the finishing beer and, and not wanting to um to, to overpower it with um, with the spices. So we'll go mayhem. Six point five percent chocolate chipotle stout. While he's pouring that, absolute winner. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand? I'm interested. Where do you stand on Ilkley 
Pale and Mary Jane as a, as a comp comparatives. So we always find people kind of going one or the other. I find people that are, you know people talk to me. For me, Ilkley Pale was always my favourite, mm. and I was happy to see that you'd introduced it to your core range because it was just a seasonal before, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's um, always in permanent bottles, but yeah, seasonal cans. Yeah, yeah, and I was always happy to get mm. it on the bar, and it was great. I prefer it to Mary Jane, big time, but it's just a little bit. It, Mary Jane definitely satisfies a massive part of the market, but I think Ilkley Pale just it's just that extra. The, just the extra, the the hop, the hop quality mm -hmm. just gives it a little bit more, a little bit more interest for. A it's had a couple of kind of re, redesigns, yeah. hasn't it? I think. I mean, I think. I mean, I think everyone's going to find over the next year or so a lot of that in as far as the hop sh global hop shortage is going to yeah, yeah. is affecting brewers all over the place, um, and and you know we're, we're we're no exception, and you. The more successful you are, the more difficult that is because you've got to contract for your hops a year in advance. Yeah. And all of us, you know, last year our supermarket sales um, went up fifty percent, which is obviously great. But then all of a sudden, when you're saying, "Oh well, I've contracted X amount of hops, and that's if this continues, I'm going to run out of them. I just can't make it in cask anymore." And that's why yeah. with, with Oakley Pale. But then, of course, if you even is that, worse, why, is that is why it slowed down on cask because you oh, couldn't we, keep we, up we, with we, the hops. We, we knew really? that we, we knew that we wouldn't if we brewed it on cask regularly, we yeah. wouldn't have enough hops for last year at all. So we didn't brew it. I think mm. the only casks we got were occasional casks on request yeah. from, 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 a, from a bottle brew. Just off the bottle brew. Um, we, we couldn't, um, we, we, yeah, we just couldn't do it because we knew we'd run out. And this year, I think, not across the board, but pretty much across, pretty much most of the hop contracts we already had are down about 25% on what we were expecting to get. Seriously? 25%? Um, mm. uh, it's massive, massive. And it's not for, just us, that's for, that's for everyone. That's, that's everyone, yeah. And that's, 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 just that's global or for any one uh, part of the world. in America, um, yeah. Australia and New Zealand are, down, are, yeah. are way down. They just had too many droughts and they yeah. just, just had a really poor yield. And of course, you know... There's so many breweries. And there's so many more breweries. Using so but, many fucking hops. Well, there are. Well. I mean, but bear in mind that the bigger breweries are what breweries contract for them. So we get first dibs on someone who hasn't contracted who just rings up and says, Can I, what hops have you got? You know, they've kind of got some left, you know, right. let's set aside, basically. Um, it's one of the issues why there's so few varieties grown in the UK hmm. is because the bigger breweries, the more traditional more traditional breweries, the you know, pedigrees and copper goblins and whatnot, they mostly brew the fuggle hop. Mm. And so they've contracted the hop growers and yeah. fa hop farmers in this country to have 95% of their farms yeah. growing fuggle for them. Right. And so... Uh, As a brewery, we can't get any bloody fuggle hops. If, if we wanted them, we couldn't get them because they're all off in, off in those beers. And that means they've only got a certain amount of acreage to grow more interesting hops or to try different things. And it's the same issue in a different way in New Zealand. It's a tiny bloody country. Hmm. And, it's got, and most of it's covered in either grazing for sheep, which they make lots of money out of, out of the sheep, or it's covered in vines. Mm -hmm. And try telling a farmer that he should rip up his, his Marlborough Sauvignon grapes... Yeah. Plant some hops, some hops that might there. take five years yeah. to yield, <laughs> because craft beer will definitely be around more, in more than five years. It doesn't happen. So they've got this tiny, something like four hundred hectares of hops or something like that. It's, it's a tiny, tiny amount, but they grow great hops. Mm -hmm. It's that's the issue. There's more demand for it, as you said. There's more breweries. Exactly, saying, and, and yeah, more breweries and more bre and using hops in much greater quantities than yeah. they ever have done before. Massive. I read about it in the Guardian, I think, it was like a year or two ago. It's going to be a big hop shortage. I think everyone was like, yeah, whatever. 
But so I guess it's more, kicked in. You know, oh, yeah, massively. And, you know, I suppose, yeah, it's realistic. Like, what's going to happen, I suppose? So many breweries. It's only a certain amount of hops, isn't there? Yeah. There was, uh, there was an article in one of the Nationals recently about it, and they t- spoke to... It was Nationals. They spoke to guys at North, at North Brewing, because they've opened mm. a brewery now. Yeah. And um, they were saying that... Well, part of it's been, I don't know, but they were, they, they were saying... I need to ask them about it, but... That in recognition of that, they would brew one of their main beers with, I think it was Jarrow, as well as... Mm. So they were you know, supplementing the hops with with, with, with herbs and you know, naturally foraged, foraged herbs right. that were quite bitter, I suppose, mm. and gave yeah. some of that thing. You know, difficult, you know, if, they've, if they've done that, and they've done it in substantial amounts, so it's not just a marketing kind of thing, if they've done that, then that's very impressive because mm. the balance of that must be very mm. difficult to do. Yeah. They were the precursor tops, a lot of those yeah. types of medicinal herbs and pine needles and things like that, weren't they? Oh, by all accounts. Yeah. So where are the uh, where's the Oakley keg beer going? What's what's on the lineup currently? Well, so so the the, the thoughts there that we we're, we're constrained a bit in the brewery a in terms of space. Um, if you look around, there's not mm. much space here at all, um, and the kit that we've got currently. Uh, only, and the space only allows, and the number of tanks and so on, only allows us to brew one keg beer a week, maximum. Um, and so, as the keg market grows, it's more and more difficult for us to maintain a largest number of beers, which is always what we want yeah. to do. We, you know, we've recognised if you just have two or three beers, people like you saying, mm. oh, well, I had that last week, yeah, I don't want you, it get, again. you get fed up a bit quicker. Um, of course, you want to have permanent lines. People want, you know, that's what we want to be able to build that as well. But, so what we, we thought was we, we'd like to have five cask, five keg all the time because we can brew cask a lot every week we can't brew keg every week currently as I keep saying yeah, currently that comes down to conditioning tanks or comes down to conditioning yeah. tanks it comes down to the space for, uh, and and the space and, and the right kit to, to keg from but mostly conditioning tanks yeah mm. um, and and the, and also our, our brew kit is, is a single step brew kit so it's, it, it, it can't cascade brew so it's mm-hmm. a, from start yeah. to finish it's a long process um, which obviously isn't the most efficient way of brewing um and our, our, our yeast, our, our fermentation vessels aren't conical, mm-hmm. so we have to have a particular type of mm-hmm. yeast, and it doesn't, it's, it's not as well suited to, to beers that are better suited in keg. The what, what, what was, what was the reasoning behind getting, what are they, dish bottom? Um, because that does suit lower ABV, yeah. more traditional yeah. beers, and ultimately that's what, when we got the brewery, that's, what, you were that's what we were brewing. Mm-hmm. Nothing else, you know, the brewery never, never brewed anything over 5.6%. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I remember first brewing the Chief. I was involved in devising the uh, malt bill for that and the, and, the, and the recipe for that and the hops and whatnot. And one of the main f- points was it was going to completely fill the master. Mm. And we had to do yeah. quite a lot of calculations about you know the weight and about you know and it came up to within about an inch yeah. of the um, of the sparge arm. It was it was the biggest beer they'd yeah. ever brewed by some way. Was that seven percent? And it was seven it's seven point five in, in its new incarnation, but it was seven percent. And yeah. Um, so yeah, we were the biggest beer I think they brewed is seven point eight, and that had to be double mashed. I think that had to be mm-hmm. the pasty that had to be um, you know mashed mm-hmm. twice, which isn't very efficient again. So we are constrained by that, which means that what we're aiming to do in the shorter term is to have a, a list of five beers, of which three we'll always have in stock and guarantee to have that, so people can have permanent taps, and then the other two we'll aim to have in stock. But ultimately, you know, if we get a big order for one of the other core ones. Mm-hmm. It's going to come and bump one of the other ones back in the back in the list a bit. So, if we've got those kind of that that team of five with 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 three in attack, if you like, and then 
as we grow, we can add in one-offs and, and the list of one-offs and seasons and so on that we want to brew is long, you know, very, very long. So there's lots of good beers we've brewed in the past, mm-hmm. we'd like to bring back and so on. So we've got Alpha Beta as the core core beer, if you like, mm-hmm. and the Session IPA. Really easy drinking. I'm blown away by it. Really, mm-hmm. really pleased with how that's gone. Great beer. Um, we've got Holy Cow. As we we undenied about actually we have a dark beer all the time. It'll probably be one of the the two out of the five ultimately that, yeah. that 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 makes way, but we want to have it so people can have a dark beer in. It's yeah, coffee milk stout, really sessionable, but loads of flavour. And we wanted to have it really low yeah. ABV so it could it would appeal to yeah wide lot of people. Um, and we've got the chief, which you mentioned, yeah, seven point five percent double IPA. Chief is a, is a core. Um, as, again, probably uh, uh, sitting there on the on the kind of wings yeah. ultimately when we've yeah. got a full range up and flying because it's never going to sell in the same sort yeah. of quantities as as, as as other beers, but it's a great beer. Mm. Um, is, is the chief and it's strong branding and so on it, you know, we, 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 that really f- works I think for us and then the other two beers are in development now we've got um, Barbarossa which is a, like a new world red ale would be around mm-hmm. 5% um, um, we're really excited about that kind of s- section of beers yeah. Yeah, I think we like we all like drinking I think mm. brown ales but they don't quite have the same saleability factor. Mm. You know, they sell quite, slower. Not quite sexy, are they? They're not quite sexy. Mm. I, 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 it's my favourite style of beer I'm drinking at the moment, but it just, yeah, that you know, even the established breweries, mm. you know, talk to guys with bars and they say, you know, Brooklyn brown mm. ale doesn't really sell. You know, it's an established brewery. Yeah. It should really sell, but it just, so we'll maybe do one off with mm. that. Yeah. But red, red red beers, red IPAs, yeah, people nice. have. I think maybe yeah, red's just a sexier colour yeah. than, than I brown, I suppose. more appearing at the moment, yeah. But yeah, you're starting to notice, you know, Cloudwater have done a great yeah. brown yeah, ale, yeah. Runaway Brown's one of mm. my go-to beers. There's yeah, Colonel have got a nice one. Ooh. Ooh. I think it's a little brewery, I forget what they're called now, I think they're called uh, Newcastle, I think, Newcastle, they've got a brown ale. Yeah, something like that. Newcastle brown ale. You might not have heard of it, but you'll no, see it, yeah. Look out for that one. I was annoyed the other day. One of the biggest sellers in the supermarket, the import we're talking to over there, in the supermarket, double the shelves. He's like, oh, of course, Newcastle Brown's probably the biggest import no. beer around here. And you're like, what? It's huge abroad, Newcastle Brown. Yeah. Now. I'd sell the, yeah. they must sell more abroad than they sell in the UK. Must do. It's just massive in, in, in lots of other countries. I'd be like, oh, it's this exotic beer from this, you know, Newcastle. <laughs> there was one that I saw in booths yesterday called Man's. Man's brown ale. Man's, yeah, I've seen that. Two point eight percent. That's old school, that. Eighty nine, yeah, yeah, yeah. p a bottle. Oh, oh, bargain. That's alright, isn't it? Yeah. Table beer. But, um, but yeah, so it's yeah, Barbarossa, red ale. Barbarossa, this is red ale. Development again. We've been waiting for uh, new hops to come in hops, for that. Of course, yeah, um, struggling with them. So we we wait for a new new supplier to get some new hops in, and also an IPA. So um, we'll be doing a new, right. new IPA. Um, yeah, so we're excited about that, and those, yeah, those those two and. Alpha Peter really will be that I, th- I imagine, and I we, we envisage them being the biggest sellers. Yeah, um, and so that they'll be around the, the whole time. But also the beers that will appeal to export markets, and mm. as we look to grow that because there's just such the cast market's growing. I think fourteen, fifteen percent in the UK it's growing, but the keg market's we're like seventy nine percent growth. It's just so that yeah. that's where the growth is. You know, it's from a small start, yeah. but it's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where the growth is, and so. Um, you know, we're, we're, we want to be part of that, ultimately. We make good beer in that format, so... Great. Um, it's just about getting the, the name out there. What do you think, Colin? What do I think? About the Oakley beers and... I, I think you do right to do cask and keg. I think the cask 
I think there's always going to be a market mm. for it. Damn right. Especially around here. Damn right. And, and I don't think, actually, I don't think anyone is, is suggesting otherwise. No. But, but it's easy to go, you go out to a city and you go to a bars that have a 100% keg beer on. And you know what? It's bloody brilliant. There's some, some amazing beers you mm. can get over them bars. And I was chatting to some young lads in the pub in Leeds the other day. And they were just, they were, yeah, they, they didn't drink anything cask. They just all they knew was hmm. for the, the these keg beers, and they knew they liked Cloudwater and they knew they liked Camden, and that's what they drank all the time. And I think when they, if 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 that's the case with with new drinkers, they'll they'll their palates will develop and they, they'll become exposed to cask beer. But it would be it would be criminal if 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 someone new to the beer world didn't be able to get immersed in in the cask world. Will, it or will cask just? No, it won't. There's no way. I think that everything will kind of come away, but the the difference in the drinker now from a drinker ten years ago is that people want choice. They want they look for choice rather than rather it went from having not wanting choice mm. and people were brand focused. You know, mm. I'm you know I'm a Jack Daniels drinker, I'm a Bacardi yeah, yeah, drinker, yeah. and that's it. And if you don't have one of those brands, I just mm. can't deal with it. And same for beers, you know. You, but you know, you still have brand loyalty, of course. But then it became to not being as scared of choice mm. and being okay mm. with choice. But now it's an active, it's a conscious to have look for choice. It's the mm. what have you got yeah. rather than have you got something. It's yeah, the yeah, yeah, what yeah. have you got. And oh, I've had that before, but I'll order this on principle because it's new. I'll give it that chance. I might only give it one chance. Mm. But I will give it I'm a chance. To try it, I'm going to drink this all night because it's something. But yeah. my first drink will be that. And that change in, I think it's like 75% of customers haven't made their mind up when they go to a bar. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't know what the statistic was before, but it was never anywhere near as high as that 75%. And it was, it's, but it's been such a change in drinking patterns mm-hmm. that people just want to see what's yeah. out there. And yeah, provenance and story mm-hmm. and local producers, that sort of stuff helps. But it's about just, yeah, people are more used to. Cooking with different flavours, yeah. cooking programmes, I think, yeah. helped yeah. and yeah. combination that sort of yeah. stuff. So people it's a bit more just beer. This is this is across the board, isn't yeah. it? It's beer and food and coffee and wine and bread. People are more educated about what they're, and what they're is, buying. And there's barriers to it. And you know, Yorkshire's got a lot of dyed in the world people who don't want to change mm. and stuff. But I remember doing a beer dinner at Brasserie Blanc a couple of years ago, and most beer talks or events I've done has been to people who are into beer and they've come to the beer event because they want to hear about Oakley Brewery or whatever, but they're already into beer and it's a fun night, mm. but it's not, it's not, you know, it's, 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 you know, standing up and talking to people, but did this and whew, was not my usual demographic. <laughs> and it was like, and I was like, you know, it was, it was fine, but then I started talking and I got nothing, just everyone just staring at me silence there was no interaction there was no and, and a lot of it was stony there was a lot of wives who refused to drink beer they'd come to yeah. a beer dinner and they had their glasses of gin and tonic and little wine glasses and they when were was like, this? Oh, a couple of years ago? a couple of years ago I think I remember talking to you about this I had seen a poster of it and quite fancied it yeah oh, it and that hard, wasn't, didn't man. work out well no, it did it worked out brilliantly you know there was, there was one table who they just were clearly there to come because they thought there'd be loads of beer and a bit just a bit rowdy and, and, and knobby really but the majority of people there, yeah, there were, there, were, there, were, there were a couple of people there who were like, oh, no, I won't have any beer. <laughs> but, there was, but, there was, but the majority were, 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 were old gents who were like, well, I'm a, I'm a bit, I've been a beer drinker all my life. I like 
yeah. you know, this bitter or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're not going to tell me that. Ugh. And they were kind of laughing at me. And they're like, oh, you've got. And I had the man, I had Holy Cow as well. And they were like, oh, you're not going to tell me that I'm going to drink one of these and like it. And we paired them all with different, different things. And it was tough standing up there and talking to them the whole way through. But it was worth it because at the end, having these old boys come up to me and going, my beer of the night was the man. Right. And if you'd said to me, young man, that at the beginning of the night that I'd be drinking a 6.5% chilli yeah. chocolate stout yeah. and really liked it, I'd have just walked, I'd yeah. have probably walked yeah. out at that point. And they didn't, and they really liked it. That's and, good. And, they, yeah. and, and the wives and so on were going, yeah. who, you know, I forced them beer, yeah. were going, actually, it wasn't that bad. I always thought beer tasted like that. And that's yeah. what it's about for me. It's about... Yeah. Dispelling myths or just breaking down, but I just finally mm. saying to people, there's not a beer. If you don't like beer, well, that just means you haven't had the right beer. And it's that's mm. the fun bit of it for me, I think. And people are kind of getting into it basically and realizing they don't need to be scared by it or path. There might be a bit of a backlash against beer snobs and the hipster movement. Yeah, and all that you, kind you of hear stuff, that, and that does annoy me a little bit, but whatever. I'm really into it, and it's 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 a hobby and a passion, and my job and it's it's a piece of a big part of me my life and it, it's been moved but it, it must yeah. still be out there there's um I went to like a conference a few years ago and Garrett Oliver from Brooklyn Brewery was talking and he started with this clip and it was an Australian little short video about um beer nerds and beer geeks and being really wanky with talking about beer <laughs> and he played it and it's all these guys going sniffing a beer and going, oh, I'm getting hit by a tidal wave of apricots that's rolling me over and over and I come up for air and I get lychee. And, and then the next guy... You the other day, the, uh, and, and the, the, the next guy sniffs a beer and goes, yeah, I can smell the contract brew. <laughs> and they have all these different clips they're spot on, all of them. And it's all very funny and everyone, there's about 100 beer writers in the room and we're all laughing away at all these different clips. And it finishes, Gareth goes... I want all of you to look me in the eye and if any of you can raise your hand and say that you haven't said one of those <laughs> things <laughs> and everyone just no one put their hand yeah. up because we've all said one of them yeah. And even, yeah. you know, in context they sound outrageous but if, yeah you've probably said something about hoppy resinous yeah. you know fl- flavour forest or something stupid like that you know and all yeah, of those well, so what that's what is what you're feeling that is what but, you can smell yeah. and that is what you but his point was and I, and I agree but his point was he's like Admit it, you know. Just yeah. go, do you know what? Exactly. Yeah, I am. Yeah. You know, if if you're putting someone down because they don't get it, and you know, then mm. you're just being a dick. But it doesn't. That's nothing to do with beer. That's just you being a dick mm. to to another human being. You know, it's about getting excited and getting yeah. somebody else excited about it. Yeah. It's like it's a cool thing. It's not right. a bad thing. And, and it's easy to, to it's easy to 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 poo poo when when you're not into something like someone else who's in something who's going on about it. Someone could, like, you know, have friends who are into sport or cars or whatever, and I love to take the piss out of them for yeah. getting into it because it doesn't mean a thing to me. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people like to take the piss out of, you know, beer drinkers because they're really into that, but, you know what, different strokes. So I think we need to uh, uh, wrap this up soon. We're, yeah. we're, we're yeah. almost exactly... Uh, 25 minutes over the 25 minute cut off. <laughs> it's beautiful. Well, I think on that note, we'll we'll uh, end it and cool. and uh, finish our drinks in peace. But well, thanks for joining us, Luke. Thank you, Luke. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for being so candid. And going 25 minutes over. Yeah, that's a surprise. <laughs> yes, we, we, actually, we were we were hoping for an hour. If we want, <laughs> if we wanted uh, <laughs> ten minutes, ten minutes. Yeah. If we wanted 25 minutes, we'd have said 12 and a half minutes. <laughs> that's about right. So that was episode three. 
Big thanks to Luke and Col and Ilkley Brewery for letting us use their space that evening. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Continue to tell your friends, tell your grandma, your Uncle Wilf, anyone you think might be keen, get them listening. They appreciate it. You can contact us on Twitter at taplenspodcast or you can email us at taplenspodcast at gmail.com if you've got any particularly long rants or insults you need to get over in more than 160 characters. Is that what it is on Twitter? Something like that. Look forward to hearing from you. Until next week, when we'll be speaking to... Next week? We'll be sp- who will we be speaking to next week? Mark from Runaway Brewery. It's a good one. But until then, get some ale supped. Is that turning into a bit of a bad catchphrase, that? So, yeah, feed me back on that. Do I need to st- that was never intended to become a catchphrase. I never thought, right, I'm going to say, get some ale supped <laughs> at the end of every podcast. But it's happened once or twice, and I've already recorded the end the link for the the maybe even the last two episodes so I think I might even say it once once in them as well so it is becoming a bit of a catchphrase if it's daft as daft as hell and I should stop then please let me know and I will but it just keeps coming out <laughs> au revoir Tap Lens podcast was produced by me Gaz Eaton with substantial production support and music from Dan Jagger also under the back bedroom umbrella are Tapes and Tales and the Idiot Wind World Music Mixtape and I urge you to check them all out as soon as humanly possible and subscribe, click subscribe on all of them, you'll make me bloody day Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.